Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. All right, everybody. uh, Welcome here. We are on SportsGrid at the window. Dane Martinez and Jared Smith. Listen. We know we are in tough times, but that does not mean, Jared, that there is not stuff to break down, and we have to start with the NFL. Isn't it ironic, Jared? Isn't it ironic that the NFL benefits because it's their offseason anyway, and now with everyone else shut down, even more attention is paid to the NFL. This is a place where the schedule release TV show gets better ratings than playoff games and other sports, and now all eyes continue to be on the NFL, right, Jared? I mean, this is best-case scenario. I mean, I know it sounds morbid, but it is best-case scenario for the NFL. There is nothing. There is no other show in town right now, and I think this week would have you know, gotten some attention anyways because of all the headlines, Tom Brady, DeAndre Hopkins, all the things we're going to talk about today. But because there's nothing else going on, it gets even magnified even more. And also sports fans, you know, throw aside just us as analysts, us as sports fans are hungry for this right now. And we're getting our appetite certainly filled this week with the NFL. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm watching everything from, you know, classic games on the <laughs> to like darts and soccer in Azerbaijan. So the fact that I can see titanic shifts happen in the NFL, I'm certainly going to pay attention to. And the books are getting in it as well, right? You you can still bet everything from who are some of these quarterbacks going to sign with next to win totals to changing division and conference odds. And we're going to have you covered with all that here on SportsGrid. Yeah, I mean, I think right now the win totals are fascinating. Circa, and I think what you'll see over the next few weeks Circa in Vegas was the first book to kind of say, okay, here's our best guess with the win totals. And that, to me, is the first kind of domino to fall. My guess is other books will kind of follow suit over the next few weeks. I I thought it was early to release win totals because so much is going to change between now and the draft. But I think think because of the climate that we're in, I think Circa said, all right, we're going to be aggressive. And, 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 And credit to them out in Vegas. They've been kind of the more aggressive book with this over the last couple of months, you know, throughout the NFL season as well. They're kind of on that cutting edge, and I think other books will follow suit eventually. Uh, Circa took that first stab, and, and, and what we're seeing in the futures market uh, with the Super Bowl is obviously fascinating over the last, you know, 24 hours with Tom Brady and, and with the things that are happening in Buffalo and Tampa Bay uh, and in New England's odds changing. It, it, it's, it's been a very fluid market over the last 24 hours, and I think it's going to change even more uh, over the next two to three weeks. So absolutely, and we'll get into all the news. You mentioned Tom Brady, DeAndre Hopkins, and others. But first, from a macro perspective, Jared, you know, you mentioned the idea that futures are what we're looking at. But in this time of the sports calendar, when we have free agency, when we have the draft upcoming, honestly, Jared, I've always been told that you can't listen to a damn thing you hear right now, right? <laughs> All sorts of smoke screens. Are teams truly honest with their needs? So generally speaking, what are you trying to do in the futures market with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, with a Deshaun Watson MVP candidacy? Are you trying to rely on certain sources and get ahead of the news? Or are you trying to react as quickly as possible, figuring out where it really benefits? How do you approach you know, a futures market when you can't trust anything you hear? That's a great question, and, and I always say this, and, and I'm sure we'll talk about this in the next few weeks leading up to the draft, is trust nothing. Right. Uh, and I think that is now carried over to the free agent market just because of the, the, the instant information that we get. I think teams sometimes will release things, and they will filter down through the masses just to tweak the perception, just to tweak maybe the, the, even the market itself and how much you might be paying for someone, how many years, how many millions of dollars. So I think be cautious with what you hear. I wouldn't react to news immediately. I would rather miss out on a little bit of market movement if that means to solidify that the market is moving in that direction. The great example, obviously what happened with Tampa Bay uh, over the last 24 hours is fascinating. The Bills odds have moved a lot. I mentioned that the first Super Bowl bet that I made, I've never made a bet this early in the NFL market, but I think tough times call for tough uh, decisions. I, I made a bet on the Bills the other day at 30 to 1, and since they've moved to 22 to 1 on FanDuel. So that obviously makes me feel smart, but it could go in both directions. For Tampa Bay, and we'll get into it when we talk Brady, sure. but that one moved, I think, just a bit too much for my liking. I think the Bills are kind of where they'll be 
uh, over the next few weeks, and it's not going to change much between now and the draft. All right, so I guess the way we're going to start doing this is let's look at the quarterback market, right? There sure. is no more important position in all of sports than the quarterback. And, I mean, yes, Kirk Cousins got extended. Yes, we know who's going to go in the draft. But what I think this really started with in terms of the merry-go-round, in terms of the dominoes, was the Tennessee Titans agreeing to bring Ryan Tannehill back. That, to me, is the first domino to fall for a number of reasons. What do you think about this, Jared? You know, you know I've been talking to you guys like Joe Ranieri, Gabe Morenci, and they yeah. say, in this day and age, when not even with the yeah. Vikings, but also with the new collective bargaining agreement and less practices, right, maybe less preseason games in the next couple of years, the idea of consistency year over year may become even more important. And the Tennessee Titans do that not only with their running back position, but retaining Ryan Tannehill. How do you think this fits with the Vrabel team and with the Tennessee Titans moving forward? Is their stock up or stop down with this consistency in Ryan Tannehill? Well, I think this season, more than any season, the ability to maintain your battery, coach, offensive coordinator, quarterback, is as important as ever. Because there's going to be so few off-season camps, off-season practices, off-season meetings, et cetera, et cetera, as the world kind of recalibrates from all this coronavirus madness. So what the Titans did to keep their battery intact, I thought was huge. I think it's a massive buy for them. This was a team that was, you know, 30 minutes away from going to the Super Bowl last year. I mean, they had a lead uh, on the Chiefs in the first half of that game. They just couldn't quite get over the hump. But what they returned this year is basically their entire team. And you, you would expect A.J. Brown to take another step forward. I'm curious the mindset with Derrick Henry coming off the franchise tag. But you would expect he'll still be hungry and he's still young enough to produce at a high level at the running back position. But with Tannehill, to me, the question is, can he repeat what was a career year for him? Right. I mean, it's one thing for Patrick Mahomes to do it year after year. The talent is through the roof. For Tannehill, it can be a little more smoke and mirrors. And I don't want to take anything away from Ryan Tannehill's talent. I mean, the guy's a first-round quarterback. He's a guy who can certainly do it at a high level. But to do it at the level he did it at last year was exceptionally high. Can he repeat that in year two of this Tennessee Titans experiment? Obviously, if you're a Titans fan, you hope yes. I think it will be a very curious uh, handicap going forward. I don't necessarily think he's going to have that kind of ceiling this year, but I think the floor is certainly higher than some of the other teams in the division. Yeah, absolutely. What a revelation he was mid-year, yeah. right? They, they were averaging 30 points a game for a Unbelievable. long there, literally carrying people to covers and to fantasy football championships. I do believe the question is, will he be able to repeat it, or was that the outlier? Let's continue on here, Jared, because, you know, the dominoes continue to fall, right? So if Tennessee is going to commit to Ryan Tannehill, that means Marcus Mariota had to go somewhere else. And then after that, we hear that the Las Vegas Raiders and Marcus Mariota, they have agreed to a deal. We don't know necessarily if this is going to be an open competition, if that means Derek Carr is on the merry-go-round. What do you think about Mariota? Because in all the times we've been going through this, I've also been saying that some people are going to have to accept backup money who may not be accustomed to it. We're going to see how the market shakes out. Do you view Mariota as competing with Carr or... Or actually maybe a promise to become a starter? Or do you think Carr is on the move as well? What do you think about the fit? Or is this just a low-risk move for the Raiders? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but it, it does feel like a low-risk move. I mean, I think the Raiders have a lot of other issues right now other than quarterback. I mean, I would have been fine if Carr stayed under center for them. I think they have so many other things to address, especially defensively, moving to a new city. I mean, you talk about a team in transition. And again, the entire world right now, Dane, is in transition. So you're talking about the world being as crazy and as un unsettled as it's ever been. And now you're talking about a Raiders team that's about to move from Oakland to Las Vegas. They don't even know if their facility is going to be open in time for in order to get their situation. I mean, it, it, exactly. So I think I think Mariota's got the toughest of all of these situations to handle because not only is he moving from one team to another, but the team is moving from one city to another yeah. a lot in flux. Granted, Gruden is still a great coach, great quarterback coach. You would expect uh, Gruden, if Gruden can't get the most out of Marcus Mariota, nobody can. I mean, John Gruden's one of the better offensive minds, one of the better quarterback whisperers 
in all of football. You would expect him to be able to squeeze the juice out of Mariota as much as possible. I mean, Marcus is still a very talented quarterback, Dane. There's no doubt about it. He was the second pick in the draft. He was almost a Heisman Trophy winner at Oregon. There's no doubt about it that the talent is there, but is the scheme the right fit? Mm. I think I think the Raiders have a lot to kind of, you know, unpack, uh, literally uh, unpack uh, over the next few months. Yeah, I mean, that is true. You know, I say it all the time. There are very few quarterbacks in the NFL that actually raise all boats, right? Where you can put yeah. them in any system and they're going to make the team better. For To be honest, most of these quarterbacks who can even win a championship or win playoff games potentially, they have to have the right fit. They have to be in the right scheme. And we'll see if Mariota and Gruden can make some beautiful music together. You are correct. <laughs> they are going to be moving both of them to a new city. Well... I guess we get to the lead story right now as the quarterback. <laughs> Honestly, I heard Tennessee, right? Giselle yeah. was in out schools, but no, we already talked about Tannehill. I heard the Las Vegas Raiders, right? Oh, that would bring in buzz with Gruden loving it if they were uh, you know, moving to a new stadium to coronate this transition. But no, we have heard now over the last few days that Tom Brady – First on social media by saying it's time to continue his journey elsewhere. And mm. then news came down that, in fact, Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have a deal. It sounds like a good $30 million a year. I know the I's need to be dotted and the T's need to be crossed. But this is a fait complete, Jared. And tell me, it looks like Tampa checks all the boxes. What I heard that Tom Brady wanted was, A, a player's collaborative coach, right? And I wonder why he may want that after his experience of the last <laughs> I heard he wanted an East Coast team, right, so that he could still be mobile on the East Coast with all of his ventures that are out there. And when you look at it, what were we saying about Tom Brady last year? He did not trust any of his weapons. He didn't have any actual outside threats. Well, you put him now with a Bruce Arians offense, with Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. Maybe they'll use the tight end this time around, Jared, with O.J. Howard. And this cupboard is not bare. When you talk about the rest of the moves that are made and this division, you talk about moving odds. Jared, I see the Tampa Bay Buccaneers now at 9-1 to one to win the NFC wow. at our partners on FanDuel. I know he's the greatest of all time and all, but at the same time, he's going to be 42, 43 years old. Jared, from a football sense, does this make sense? From an entertainment revenue butts in seats, does this make sense? And why did this make sense for Tom Brady? Well, first of all, if you want to talk about the Bucs being, you know, a favorite to win anything, I want to say it's probably been since the Gruden days, not to take right. what we were just talking about with the Raiders to kind of bring this back to what we're talking about with Tampa Bay. But it is kind of an odd connection that we're seeing these parallels between what we saw in Tampa Bay with the Brad Johnson Bucks. Yeah. Uh, now going uh, to the Tom Brady Bucks uh, with Bruce Arians. A lot of parallels there. Offensive coach, quarterback, that's kind of on the back nine of his career. Of course, Brad Johnson had the great career with Minnesota. Then he comes to Tampa Bay, and they win a Super Bowl. So it was, it was very impressive stuff. Then all of a sudden, you get to what you're seeing with the weapons. And I'm looking at O.J. Howard right now, 6'6", 250 pounds. Gronk was 6'6", 260. I go. mean, just just... O.J. Howard alone now gets an immediate boost uh, in the fantasy market. And, of course, we all know what we're going to get uh, with Evans and with Godwin. Those are all worldwide receivers. Ed Evans obviously has to stay healthy. And you throw Brashad Perriman into the mix as well. He had a great second half of the year uh, with, with Jameis Winston throwing a lot of picks, but also throwing for, the, for a lot of yards, leading the NFL in yards this season. Uh, so I think it's obviously an immediate boost to the fantasy situation for any Tampa Bay Buccaneer. It's obviously an immediate boost to the fan base and to the city to kind of reel him into what is now a city that is going to be hungry for sports. Tampa Bay is not known for its sports success. They had a little good run with the Lightning. The Rays have had their time in the sun, but of course they're at their core, a very small market team. Tampa Bay is not one of those cities that really draws the headlines, but now they do, and I think that's impressive. Absolutely. So let's think about this from brass tacks, okay? Mm -hmm. Now, Bruce Arians is a down-the-field kind of guy. Does Tom Brady still have that anymore? Or is this going to be Mike Evans and Chris Godwin learning how to run the five-yard out? 
You know, what, what actually do you think Tampa Bay is going to bring to the offensive side of the ball? You know, when Peyton Manning went to Denver, he installed exactly what he wanted, right? Yeah. So do you think this is going to be Tom Brady installing his it's offense? Like or do you think part of the reason he went to Tampa is because he likes what that scheme is? Byron Leftwich, the offensive coordinator, Bruce Arians, we know he's ready to wear these kangles and throw it down the field. Where these kangles? Well, I mean, based on what we saw during his Arizona days, you, you would expect there to be a very up-tempo style. We saw it a little bit this year with Winston, where it was pass happy, led the league in passing. All that's is great. Right. But now what? But now what? Bruce Arians has is more of an intellectual quarterback, and I don't mean that as a knock on Jameis Winston. Winston's a great quarterback, but he doesn't have that advanced level to be able to digest what the defense is giving him. And to be able to say, hey, Bruce, this isn't working. Let's try something else. Jameis was a plug and play. Hey, we're going to throw it down the field. And if it doesn't work, well, it's probably going to be an interception or a sack. Brady has the ability to kind of maneuver around the game plan a little bit. And, 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 and Dan, you've been watching football just as long as me. When you understand what a defense is doing and when you can adapt in game, yeah. It changes the way that you can scheme, and it changes the way that you can attack a defense. Jameis Winston just wasn't right. that kind of quarterback. Tom Brady is. And especially, I was going to say, Jared, even in this league right now, the way it is evolving more towards the passing game, you need sure. those quarterbacks that can, quote-unquote, read the mail, have the hot route, kill, 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 and find the mismatch. That's what teams are doing. That's what these veteran quarterbacks are doing. You know, Jared, I heard... Uh, yesterday, remember, Tampa Bay went seven and nine last year. Okay, and in their losses, seven of their nine losses, Jared, were by one score or less. Okay, and in those one score or less losses for Tampa Bay, Jameis Winston threw eighteen picks in those seven games. Eighteen of his. 30 picks. Now, it does stand to reason, Jared, that if they flip some of those games and if Brady can still, dare I say it, be an elite game manager, the Tampa Bay Bucks <laughs> could be cooking with gas in a very changing division, okay? We see in Atlanta, Devontae Freeman, Austin Hooper, gone. We see changes in Carolina and potentially more staying the same in New Orleans. We are not done with the quarterback news. There are still plenty of names to discuss from Cam Newton to Teddy Bridgewater to Phillip Rivers, and we are going to do that here on SportsGrid. It doesn't matter if the world is shutting down. There is still <laughs> news to discuss. NFL free agency is here. You got to keep an eye on it. We're going to keep an eye on it for you. When we come back, we talk about more of the quarterback moves. Where will the merry-go-round stop for people who are still out there? And where the right fits might be as we connect the dots here on the NFL free agency. It's Jared Smith and Dane Martinez right here on SportsGrid. If you want the edge, get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, so we're back here on SportsGrid at the window. Dane Martinez and Jared Smith. And we've been talking about plenty of movement, especially at the quarterback position and the NFL still being open for business. Jared, we know that free agency is happening right now, but another big part of the NFL calendar is the NFL draft that was slated to take place at the end of next month, which we know now is probably going to be a time horizon where these things will not change necessarily in our country. But in NFL true form, they'll be able to still produce a TV show out of it, Jared. Will, will people gather hundreds of thousands? No. Will these kids be walking across a red carpet in their fashion sense? No. But the annual selection meeting will still happen. And Jared, you and I both saw the 30 for 30 about the early 80s with Marino and Kelly. And that's exactly what it'll be. League business will con get conducted. Yeah, and I I'm happy that the NFL is going to keep their draft as it is. Obviously, as long as everything is safe, I think it is a good idea because I think it's important to keep things as par as possible because we have the league window opening up for free agency on schedule. The draft needs to stay on schedule. We'll figure out mini camps. We'll figure out training camps as we go. 
But for the next month, I think it's important to keep things, uh, you know, as, as, as close to quota, uh, as, as close to all, all things nominal as possible, even though it's going to be very difficult to do. Uh, but again, we've seen the draft done in smaller venues before. We used to see it done at the Marriott Marquis Hotel. Uh, so no surprise there. But I'll be very fascinated to see how things kind of come together over the next month. Absolutely. And teams will be able to regroup for the draft after these big waves of free agency as they take stock of their roster and what their needs still are. And that brings us back to our conversation that we've been having, the merry-go-round at the quarterback position. Another huge domino that fell this week is Philip Rivers signing with the Indianapolis Colts. A lot of people saw this coming. If you looked at, Jared, the betting markets, and I know you do, a lot of people <laughs> It was Tampa Bay at first, right, when he was going to buy a house in Florida for his 19 kids or whatever. <laughs> but then, as we saw the you know musical chairs begin to shuffle, a lot of people zoned in on the fact that Frank Reich there, the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts, worked with Phillip Rivers before in when it was San Diego. Same with the offensive coordinator. And what I would add to the storyline here, Jared, is the Indianapolis Colts have one of the best offensive lines in all of the NFL. They re-signed Costanzo. We know about Quentin Nelson, one of the best guards in the entire league. And when you're Phillip Rivers in your late 30s and you're not one of these dual-threat quarterbacks, having a top offensive line and a scheme you are familiar with so you don't have to learn a new football language had to be at the top of his list. Right, Jared? Yeah, well, the transition, we talked about it during the last segment, Dane, because of all the, the, you know, the commotion and all of the things that are happening around this world, to be able to keep things as, as, you know, as streamlined as possible with your play calling, with the coaching, with the quarterback position, those are the three most important things. So not only uh, did Frank Reich and Phillip Rivers work together uh, with the Chargers, even the offensive coordinator, Nick Sirianni, he was the quarterback's coach with the Chargers. There is just an incredible familiarity uh, with the Colts coaching staff and Phillip Rivers. It makes a ton of sense uh, from a from a logistical standpoint to bring him in. We talk about Brady as a plug-and-play. Rivers is even more of a plug-and-play because of the scheme, because of the fit, and you said it, because of the offensive line. You can literally just throw Phillip Rivers back there in front of one of the best offensive lines in football with the same verbiage, with the same coaching staff that he dealt with with the Chargers and say, okay, Phillip, go get that Super Bowl that you so desperately want that's eluded you for so many years. Now, I think that's a stretch with this Colts team, but at least they are in place. They are in a position to succeed and hit the ground running from day one because like we've talked about over this uh, last couple of segments, I think to me, to be able to talk to your offensive coordinator and your coach with the same language, and of course they're talking in English, but the same play calling language when they can hit the ground running whenever training camp does begin, I think that is so crucial because of the just un, 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 unheralded and unprecedented situation and circumstances we're dealing with uh, in the world today. Listen, the Indianapolis Colts were a sexy pick to win the Super Bowl last year when we thought it was going to be Andrew Luck in his prime, finally back and healthy. They wound up giving Jacoby Brissett kind of like a bridge deal. We looked it up before. It was, what, 20, 21 million. But, you know, now you go and get Phillip Rivers, a borderline Hall of Famer. That is a good roster. We like the way this team is building from the inside out. The Colts were one of those teams that also, I mentioned it before with Tampa Bay, how many close losses they were in. Mm. The Colts were a similar kind of team, Jared. They had a lot of one-score losses. They lost two or three games because of their Hall of Fame field goal kicker even. <laughs> now, I know Phillip Rivers throws the YOLO ball as much as anybody else, but familiarity has to be key for Indianapolis. It is only a one-year deal, so it does also give yeah. them – Stability if it doesn't work. You know, Jared, you talk about familiarity, all right? And that brings me to New England, okay? Because mm. listen, Tom Brady is not going to be the quarterback there in this year. So the question becomes, who will, right? And I got an idea I want to bounce off of you. You talk about familiarity and consistency. And also, you can't wind up devoting so much money to one position in one team, right? So that's why now we know Tom Brady is in Tampa Bay. Jameis is going somewhere else, right? I would also wonder, what about Jacoby Brissett, Jared? We're going to hear a ton of names in New England that being connect the dots, right? We're going to hear everything from Andy Dalton to, to others. What do you think about a guy that I haven't heard a lot of talk about, Jacoby Brissett, 
potentially go into New England. They can't go ahead and pay Philip Rivers and Jacoby Brissett in Indy, can they? No, I mean, well, see, I think the structure, and you mentioned it when we were talking about Rivers, and I, I, I kind of perked up a little bit when I heard that it was a one-year deal. Right. Because I think it does give – now, Brissett's going to make, you said, a $21 million next year. Uh, it was a two-year deal worth $30 million, but it was a backloaded two-year deal. He only made $9 million last year, and he's going to make twenty one this year. There might be some odds and ends that they can restructure in terms of the cap, but the cap hit for $21 million is the cap hit. And I, I don't know how it's going to translate into what Rivers got. I, I agree. I don't see Rivers and Brissett coexisting together. Right. But that being said, you've now got a very short window to deal him because we don't know what the rest of the landscape is going to look like. And, and, and we've been saying it now. We've been handicapping the NFL draft for the last couple of weeks mm-hmm. uh, post-Super Bowl. And I think the most certain thing in this entire draft, other than Joe Burrow going number one, is the Patriots drafting a quarterback at some point in the first three oh, or yeah. four rounds. I mean, I think it's almost a, it's almost a virtual lock at this point that Bill Belichick is going to try to identify some hidden gem, some Tom Brady-like player, maybe in the first round with Jordan Love. They pick 23rd. I could see that happening. But also maybe in the later rounds as well. We've seen a lot of names floated around with the Patriots. And you never know what old Bill's got up his sleeve. He's always got something working. And I'm sure he's thought about these contingency plans post-Brady I could see maybe Cam Newton, but who knows? I mean, I, 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 I know that there's a lot of issues with him as well. I don't know what Carolina would ask for him in return. We know he's on the trading block. We just heard Nick Foles is going to be going to Chicago. So that is a very interesting development. Things are starting to fall into place. Who knows? We I think you're the one that said it before we started this uh, segment, Dane. You said that what if the, the Bengals say, hey, Dalton and Green for a first-round pick. Would you make that move if you're Bill Belichick? There are a million different ways that New England can go. And as a Jets fan, I'm scared because I don't necessarily think the Patriots got worse with Tom Brady leaving. Maybe they did from a leadership standpoint, but from a talent standpoint, this is still a team with a top-five defense. They've got the best coach in the NFL. They've got an elite running back in Sony Michelle. Clearly the wide receivers are something to be desired. They have no tight end situation at all, which is an issue. But there's still some, some, you know, a little bit of smoke uh, with this Belichick-led team now, and I'm fascinated to see what direction he takes the quarterback position. Okay, one of the things you just said, Jared, was the, the window teams right now have to deal, right? And you brought up another name and another team that is in that same exact position. We go to the Carolina Panthers, Jared. Yeah. You know, and at first you hear the owner coming out, oh, we're giving him permission to seek a trade. And then Cam comes right back out on social media. Don't try to sell it like this, guys. I've been down the whole time. You clearly want to move on. And Jared, move on they have. Another quarterback here, Domino to fall, is that the Panthers have gone ahead and signed Teddy Bridgewater to a deal. Now, some people were talking that he still may be able to re uh, kind of re up with the Saints. I thought that was never going to happen as soon as they offered a tender to Taysom Hill. Andrew Breeze there. You got another crowded quarterback room. So let's start with just the Teddy Bridgewater news. Do you think the contract he got signals face of our future, stopgap, or something else? And how do you see Teddy Bridgewater fitting in with the very much evolving Carolina Panthers under new head coach Matt Rule? Yeah, it's funny because the Panthers, you would think, would have been a massive rebuild project this year. They certainly still could be. I mean, the roster is just absolutely decimated. Olsen, Keekly, those guys are all retiring or moving on in some capacity. Uh, and then you've got the Cam Newton saga, which is now, with the Instagram situation, uh, mm-hmm. has turned into a saga. However, I do like Matt Rule, and I like Joe Brady a lot. I mean, goodness right. gracious, talk about an offensive coordinator uh, that's coming in with momentum. This is a guy that took an LSU team that was a ground-and-pound LSU offense, and they turned it in with the help of Joe Burrow and some great weapons at wide receiver, with to turn it into an absolutely devastating passing offense, and they've got continuity from their time in New Orleans. Joe Brady was an offensive assistant for right. two years with Bridgewater, and so you've got the synergy there. I love what Carolina did at the quarterback position. I love Teddy Bridgewater. I thought Bridgewater might have been an interesting fit in New England with their passing offense and how they like to kind of go short West Coast 
and how Bray, or Bridgewater is such an intellectual quarterback and how he can break down a defense with the best one. We saw that during his days in Minnesota, and we saw him fill in, if not become a starting-level caliber quarterback with the Saints this season when Breeze was out with an injury. I think Carolina has a chance if they can figure out the rest of this roster. Granted, they've got a first-year head coach, a first-year starting quarterback, and a first-year offensive coordinator in a league and a year and a world of transition. That's going to be a lot to digest. But if they can get their ducks in a row, their win total, Dane, was four and a half. Really? You're telling me that they can't win five games with Teddy Bridgewater, a quarterback? He went 6-0 and as a starter for the Saints last year in six games. So I, I, I think there's an interesting debate there as a sleeper team. But they've got a lot of work to do with the rest of their roster. And I don't love how they're handling the Cam Newton situation. But we'll see it settle out over the next couple of weeks. But man, oh man, is that an intriguing, intriguing trio with Rule, Brady, and Bridgewater all under center and all trying to get things moving for this Panthers offense. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Christian McCaffrey there, young weapon. There, yeah, I didn't even mention him. Jay Moore and Curtis Samuel all having a breakout. And if you think about it, all guys that the offense is designed to get the ball in their hands in space quickly, they are built for the kind of offense that could be very effective down there in Carolina. Just remember, though, Teddy Bridgewater is now going to see Tom Brady twice a season, at least at <laughs> Brady. At Matt Ryan. <laughs> you mentioned Matt Ryan. I got to say, though, when we're talking about divisions, to me, the Atlanta Falcons are a big-time loser in this division. Everybody around them getting better. What do they do? Yeah. They decide to cut Devontae Freeman. Talk about running back contracts that are in vogue now, talking about all the time. That one looked fine about three, four years ago now is a noose that they had to get rid of. They also wind up losing the hottest tight end on the free agent market in Austin Hooper. He goes to the Cleveland Browns. But as we continue on the quarterback merry-go-round, Jared, one of the names we brought up now that Carolina has their guy is Cam Newton. And I want to spend a minute or two on that because people are talking about potential destinations from Cam Newton. About a few hours ago, Jared, the favorite for where Cam Newton was going to go was the Chicago Bears. But you alluded to it before. That is no longer the case because one of the more recent pieces of news we are hearing is that the Jacksonville Jaguars have traded their $84 million man, Nick Foles, to the Chicago Bears. Now, let's talk about this from both sides, Jared. One, that means that down south, they are turning the keys over to Gardner Minshew. It looks like, right, maybe they sign a kind of a veteran backup, a Joe Flacco sure. type, to help him out in his progression. But I'm more interested, what does that mean in Chicago when we knew that the Bears were going to look to push Mitchell Trubisky this year, they were not entirely comfortable. And this move signals that, uh, hey, Mitch, you better get your act in gear. Yeah, I mean, the Jazz, I mean, the Jazz, the Jags, not the Jazz, the Jags, they picked ninth in the draft. So I don't see them taking a quarterback at that spot. It's kind of no man's land for quarterbacks. Obviously, you're going to get Burrow and Tua somewhere in the top four. Uh, Burrow obviously won and, and Tua, you know, it's between two and five. And then there's probably a pretty significant drop-off between those guys and, you, and the Herberts and the Loves, probably in the teens or 20s or even late first round. So I don't see the Jags using their first-round pick at a quarterback. Maybe they do take a second- or third-round flyer on a guy and try to put him in a competition with Minshew and see where the chips fall. I don't think you can totally give the keys to Gardner Minshew. I don't necessarily think he's earned that yet, but you certainly can make him the starter and make him earn that starting role in what will be a very intriguing training camp. We'll see who they bring in, uh, because I do agree. They are going to bring somebody else in. I'd like to see a veteran, uh, but we'll see how it shakes out. In regards to Cam Newton, Newton, the talent's there, Dane. I mean, you're talking about a guy that was the MVP of the league, what, four years ago? I mean, the, 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 the talent is certainly there. You obviously question the health. You question the elbow. You question the shoulder. Those are the things that he's had a lot of issues with over the last couple of seasons. But man, oh man, would he be a scary thought to end up in New England? I mean, can you imagine that, what would happen to the league? All of a sudden, you gave Bill Belichick a quarterback with the physical tools of Cam Newton. Now, again, the injury issues is something I'm sure every team is going to do their due diligence on. I could see the Chargers being a fit as well, but they already have that kind of guy in Tarod Taylor. 
So right. are they going to double up on the mobile quarterback who is still having issues throwing the football in an accurate way? I don't think they make that move. I think the Chargers probably are a better fit to go draft either a Tua or a Herbert and try to make them the heir apparent if they do let Terod Taylor kind of be the starting quarterback at some point uh, early on in the season. Now, I do think Cam Newton has a lot of hoops to jump through over the next few weeks. First, he has to get traded. Then he has to settle in with his new team. Then he has to learn a new offense. Then he has to, you know, introduce himself to a new set of receivers, tight ends, offensive line. And again, in the climate we're in, with so many uncertainties. Yeah, you would think so. And when we come back here on At the Window, we'll talk. Who do you think will be under center week one for the Bears? What does this mean for the merry-go-round with other names like Andy Dalton to Justin Herbert? We will be back trying to figure out the merry-go-round. It's Dane and Jared at the window right here on SportsGrid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, we are back here at the window on SportsGrid. Dane Martinez and Jared Smith. Really, you know, riding the quarterback merry-go-round, Jared. And it is a whirlwind, you know. Everyone says that they're just sheltered in place with nothing to do. And, oh, my God, there's no sports. Jared, we are not struggling to fill an hour with reacting to just the quarterback news over the last week from Tom Brady to Phillip Rivers to Teddy Bridgewater. And there's more to discuss. Yeah, we haven't even gotten to even, like, the odds of, like, where some of these teams are going to stack up futures-wise, win totals-wise. I mean... The, the NFL is the gift that keeps on giving, Dan. Yeah, absolutely. And that doesn't even get to names like Joe Burrow and Tua mm. and Herbert just yet. Because remember, this is why the league calendar has to continue, right? Because the knee bone is connected to the hip bone. Teams know <laughs> what their needs still are after this wave of free agency. Jared, one of the things we just talked about is that Nick Foles has been traded from the Jags to the Chicago Bears. We knew that that was a potential spot or a guy like Cam Newton, but instead, Nagy, who does have some experience with Foles in Philadelphia, that kind of offense from Peterson, it is something that Nick Foles has been successful in in the past. My question for you, if you're a handicapper, and I know that you are, at least you play one on TV, who do you think <laughs> is starting quarterback for the Bears come week one? Is this like, did they tell Foles he's question. got the job? Is this going to be a straight-up open competition? Because if I'm Mitch Trubisky, I'm looking at this move. They brought in some guy with a big contract. That means that, you know, my leash is very short. Yeah, and, and you know, you feel for the Jags, or maybe you don't feel for them, but they are certainly out of pocket here. Uh, Nick Foles yeah. got paid $30 million to make four starts for Jacksonville, wow. uh, and they will be on the hook for this year of his contract. Uh, there's still three more years left after that. The Bears obviously will pay that, and it is a hefty price tag. I mean, you're talking about the upwards of $50 million for Chicago to eat this deal I don't think they would have made this deal, Dane, unless they had intentions of him being the starter. Now, what you have in Jacksonville compared to what you had in Chicago, I would say a little bit more of an offensive scheme that's suited for Nick Foles' system, that's suited for Nick Foles' game. John, you got Nagy the moving up and down the field. In Jacksonville, specifically exactly. why they signed Nick Foles, wasn't that supposed to be a perfect fit for him? But now Chicago is as well? It, 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 you're right. It was supposed to be a good fit, but the problem is Leonard Fournette never never materialized to what we expected this year. He took a massive step back. And then, of course, the wide receiver position for them was a little bit more, I don't want to say un, unheralded, but I think there is some interesting weapons in Chicago now. And I think I like Allen Robinson. I like what we've seen from the rookie Montgomery. I think there is a little bit of punch there, and I like the head coach a lot more than I like Marone. I'm certainly taking Nagy over Marone any day of the week. So I, I think maybe it's a good fit. Again, we, you're, you're right. We did think Jacksonville was going to be a good fit, but it just didn't pan out that way. Now, obviously, he needs to stay healthy. But I think what, what we're not handicapping here, Dane, is the fact that this might actually light a fire under Mitchell Trubisky a little bit more. And I think Trubisky needs to have somebody in camp with him that's going to push him, that's won a Super Bowl, that knows what it takes to win at the highest level, and that hopefully 
will make Trubisky's level of his game increase a little bit. So you might actually kill two birds with one stone here, Dan. You might get a guy in Foles who could be the starting quarterback, but you might also bring someone in who might push Trubisky to get to that next level. I'm not willing to give up yet on Trubisky, who was a top-10 pick just three years ago. He's had some flashes, but he just hasn't put it all together. Maybe this is the spark he needs to get his game going. Yeah, I mean, that's absolutely possible. We started this show, Jared, by saying, you know, there's so many different options out there in the marketplace, right? You want a Hall of Famer at the end, sunsetting, you got Tom Brady, you got Phillip Rivers. You want a guy that you think you can turn into the man, you got a guy like Teddy Bridgewater. You want to create a competition, look what the Chicago Bears are doing. The Las Vegas Raiders are doing the same thing, Jared. What you just said about Trubisky, you could insert Derek Carr in the same exact paragraph and it would make sense. But now, you know, this game is still continuing. The merry-go-round still goes around, right? So I look at Cam Newton. I look at Jameis Winston. I look at, you know, Andy Dalton. These are guys that still will probably have a home. If you look at Cam Newton right now on FanDuel, we're seeing teams like Washington, the New England Patriots, the Los Angeles Chargers, as still teams that maybe are quarterback needy now and are still waiting for the music to stop. Help me connect some of these dots, Jared. When we think about a guy like Jameis Winston, when we think Mm. about a guy like Cam Newton, when we think about a guy like Andy Dalton, where might they wind up? Do you see any, whether it be scheme fit, former relationships, location, or the desire to win? What do you think the market, trade market, free agent market will be for these kind of guys before the draft late next month? I mean, I think Winston's the one, to me, that's the most fascinating. Uh, Dane, this is a guy that was the number one pick in the draft five, six years ago. Uh, I I, I don't know where the fit is, but I would be shocked if he did not get an opportunity somewhere. This is a guy with all the arm talent in the world. Now, that being said, if, if Bruce Arians can't figure this guy out, I don't know who can. Who knows? Maybe staying in Tampa is the best fit for him. Learn from Tom Brady. Figure out what you're going to do over the next few years, and then your next move is that next big move. Or maybe he stays in Tampa and he needs to just wait for two or three years until Brady decides to finally move on, and then he gets to take the reins. I I, I don't see anything you know right out of the gate where I'm like, oh, Jameis Winston has to go here. This right. is a perfect fit for him. But there are definitely some intriguing situations where you think he might be a good fit. I mean, is there any chance that maybe the Dolphins would take a flyer on him? He so, doesn't have to move very far. He, they, I, I would say Miami has a lot of interesting okay. complications with what they do in the draft and what they do with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Right. But if you talk about a guy with talent and a guy with a chance uh, to succeed at that next level, Jameis Winston's right there with any other name we've mentioned. Dalton, Newton, okay. any of those guys. Winston's got the talent. He just needs to find the right home. I don't know if it's going to be in the Sunshine State I, I don't know. I, I, like, I mean, I, I guess I'll throw it back to you. Do, do you think that there is a name right out of the gate or a team right out of the gate where you're like, oh, yeah, Winston's going to go here? I don't. I don't, Jared. And so here's what I propose. Let's play a little game here on At The Window on SportsGrid, okay? There will be two rounds of this game. It's almost like, you know, Jeopardy. In the first round, I'm going to say a name, and the only response I want out of you is starter or backup, okay? I like this game. The first name I give you, Andy Dalton. Will he be a starter or a backup in 2020? Backup. Backup. Interesting. Okay. Next name up. Cam <laughs> Newton. If healthy, starter. Okay. If he's healthy, he's a starter. Bro, dude was healthy week 11 of the NFL season last year. They just didn't know how to deal with it because yeah. Dalton was doing his thing. Okay. Then I will ask you the third name, Jared. Jameis Winston. Unfortunately, backup, but okay. he should get a chance in camp. Okay. He should. He, he, he's a guy that needs to be comfortable, and he needs to feel like he's supported. But we've also never seen him in the role of the number two guy. You know, right. and, and everything we've always seen from him has been the number one pick, the best guy on the field, the starter, the best arm, the best everything. Absolutely. Sometimes when you get moved back and you get taken back a little bit, like we've clearly seen, he was, you know, replaced by a 43-year-old quarterback. You know, granted, one of the best quarterbacks of all time is six Super Bowl rings, but still a 43-year-old quarterback. 
who with very limited mobility, very limited physical talents, it, maybe this does change and light a fire in him, similar to what we might see with Mitchell Trubisky. Sometimes when you feel like this is the end, when your back's against the wall, that's when your real talent, your real you know, intestinal fortitude comes to fruition. Maybe this is what Jameis needs, Dane. Yeah, I mean, this is possible. But here's the thing, Jared. I look at that, you say he's the number one pick in that draft class. The number two pick in that draft <laughs> class is in the same exact scenario yeah. right now, right? That's why this is so interesting to me, right? Wherever you are as a team, are you trying to contend right now? Are you trying to break it down and, like, kick the can down the road? Are you really looking for one year from now? Or, you know, or thinking that with a new... Uh, a new clean slate that you are the coach that can make it happen for one of these quarterbacks. And that brings me, Jared, to the draft, okay? Because you're starting to talk about teams like the Miami Dolphins, right? We still talk about now the Los Angeles Chargers. Maybe they like Terod Taylor as the answer. Maybe Ryan can cultivate more magic for another year. Or maybe, and in my opinion, more likely, they are going to spend draft capital not on a guy like Cam Newton, not on a guy like Andy Dalton, but looking forward to the future. And we know the names, Jared, whether it be Tua, whether it be Herbert, we're hearing a lot of buzz on Jordan Love. Do you think any of these teams that are now unsure at quarterback are going to eschew the veteran free agent market and go ahead instead and draft one of these guys real high up. What teams are you looking at that you think are going to pull the trigger in the first round in the draft on the quarterback position? I mean, I'd be, again, I'd be shocked, shocked. I, it, if there was a bet out there for New England to draft the quarterback in the first four rounds, I want it because yeah. that is a lock to me. I'd be curious to see. I'd be curious to see what Miami does, and I'd be curious to see what the Chargers do. Now that the now that the free agent market is kind of settled in, those are the two teams to me that obviously still have a massive need at quarterback. I don't think Tarod Taylor or Ryan Fitzpatrick are long term solutions. Definitely not Fitzpatrick. You can make a case for Tarod Taylor being a long term solution, but certainly not based on what we've seen in the past. And especially considering the Chargers are moving into a new city. Well, they moved into the new city. Now they're moving into a new building. Uh, and they're trying to make some kind of a splash. You would think that the Chargers and the Dolphins, because of their roster makeups, because of where they are currently, yep. would be those two teams that want to draft the quarterback. And guess what? Once you get past Burrow at one, which is about as big of a lock as you can get at this point, sure. there's two really good quarterbacks out there in Herbert and in Tua that are available for these teams to take. And guess what? They take fifth and sixth. So That's unless somebody moves up, and I'm looking at the draft board right now, you can throw the Vegas Raiders out of the mix. You can throw the Tampa Bay Buccaneers out of the mix. They've made their moves. You're not, you're not getting anything from Denver or Atlanta or Dallas. Those teams have their quarterback situation pretty set. Maybe Denver... Maybe based on what we've seen from Drew Locke, maybe he's not the answer, but he looked pretty good the last few weeks of the season. Then the other teams that are in the back of the first round, Philadelphia, they don't need a quarterback. Vikings, they just gave Cousins an extension. New England at 23. That's it. Could Bill Belichick make a little maneuver here and say, hey, let's get up. Let's trade with the Lions. Let's figure out a way to get that third pick. It's a right. lot. It's a big move to go from 23 to three. But if anybody can do it, it's Bill Belichick. I mean, could could you imagine if Belichick gets crafty and wily and figures out a way to snag Tua or Herbert? We could. I absolutely could, Jared. And let's play another game. Okay, right now, as I look, <laughs> Joe Burrow is minus 2,200 to be the number one overall pick. Okay, so I think that's we about can, as big of a lock as you can get. We can pencil that one in, right? But I think you make a great point. I look at Miami at five and the Chargers at four. As we play this out, Jared, you know, I think Washington is absolutely happy to have Chase Young fall in their lap at number two. You've identified the Detroit Lions and the New York Giants. Now, the question is, could that be a place for a team like New England to pay up all the assets and go get a guy? Or are we talking about these other two teams when the music stops, right? The Miami Dolphins and the Los Angeles Chargers. We've played the game, right? Now, we can maybe say Cam Newton is the only starting-level quarterback mm. that is still going to fill up one of these teams, whether it's one of these high top-ten draft pick teams or a team like Washington, which right now, by the way, is the favorite 
or Cam Newton, okay? You can get all of these odds at our partners on FanDuel. Right now, the Washington football team is the favorite to be where Cam Newton is in week one of the NFL season. But you talk then about Miami at five and the Chargers at six. Could this be a situation where those are the teams that ultimately wind up with a guy like Tua Tagovailoa and Justin Herbert? It could. I'm looking at the Patriots draft capital right now, Dane. It's not great. They've got a first rounder at 23. Then they don't pick again until 87. They don't have a second round pick. And then they pick again. So they've got three third rounders, but two of them are compensatory picks. Then one fourth rounder and then nothing until late in the sixth. So I, I, I don't think they have the capital to move up and, and, and make this move. Uh, it, now, now, granted, they could just take Love at 23 and, okay. and move on from there. And I have heard that they really do like Jordan Love. Uh, I, I just I, – I, I don't know. I think the Patriots certainly could be one of those teams that makes this move. Besides that, I think you've got a lot of dead, dead zone with these teams that really need quarterbacks. Yeah. I mean, I really think the quarterback situation, it's weird. You've got all it, – it's, it's actually a unique situation – because you've got all the teams that need quarterbacks picking in the top six. Right away, so yeah. you would think, theoretically, that these guys are going to be gone uh, right out of the gate. I mean, the Chargers and the, and, and the Dolphins really are those only two teams. Mm-hmm. I, I, don't know if the, I don't know if the Patriots have the uh, capital to move up. I think they probably stand pat. So let me ask you this, as we're running out of time here, but don't worry about it. We'll be back. Jared and I continue to break down all the stuff in free agency. One of the last questions I want to ask you, Jared, then, if you're talking about, you know, Cincy, Miami, and the Chargers as three, and then maybe, you know, another team that'll surprise us, one of the bets I see here on FanDuel is total number of quarterbacks drafted in the first round. Mm. You know this happens all the time, Jared. Someone that we're not thinking about will come up. Maybe Detroit, for example, pairs an early second or something they have to get back into the first round. Teddy Bridgewater is some, a guy that happened to a few years back, and now look at him making money. The over-under on quarterbacks in the first round, Jared, is four and a half. Okay, We know about Cincy. We know about Miami. We expect the Chargers to make this move. Do you see two other teams doing that, or do you like the under on this bet? I like the under, and I, you know, I think Love is a first-round grade, but I don't know if he's going to slot that way. And really, the only other name that I could see someone taking a flyer on is Jalen Hurts. I like his talent. I just don't see it translating to the NFL level. That would be the fifth quarterback, mm-hmm. and I, I don't necessarily think he's the guy that someone's going to really reach out for. So I would say under four and a half is pretty safe. I would bet the odds there are juiced to the under. Yeah, and the juice is at that direction. So we'll follow that and all the rest of the moves here. Jared and Dane on at the window. You know, we'll see if another team, all it takes is one, Jared. And with the success of some of these running quarterbacks, maybe another team is willing to shove all in on someone like Jared Hurts. But we'll be here to talk about it one way or another. Jared and Dane, it's at the window right here on SportsGrid. Thanks for doing it with us, Jared. We'll talk again tomorrow, all right, man? Yes, sir. Let's do it. All right. Wash your hands. Okay, buddy? (laughs) We'll be here tomorrow right here on SportsGrid. If you want the edge, get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.